I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inspired Evolution. And this one is a really hearty one. This one, if I'm honest, I did it for me, (laughs) but I also did it for my dear brother, Laurie Norton. Laurie is traveling around the country of Australia, all through the outback, up, down, all around at 45 Ks an hour. He's traveled 17,000 kilometers. He has saved up money for Eli's gift, helping children that can't get medical treatment. And he's raising funds for charity on this mission. This episode is called Giving is Receiving. I don't really know anyone that's been giving so much of themselves in such a graceful way. It's taken a lot for him to be able to be on this path and do such work. So tune in, get connected, and hopefully this inspires you a little bit about all the colors that are Australia, the outback, the wildlife, and yeah, really just, you know, following your inspirations to serve, to live a life of contribution. This is a really yummy episode with a really beautiful man. Tune in as always. If you're loving these episodes, loving the conversations that we're having at the Inspired Evolution, it goes a long way. Hit subscribe, hit the bell notification, leave us a comment, letting us know how the uh, how the podcast episode is inspiring your growth and your journey. As always, we love to hear from you. Stay connected, stay inspired to evolve. Tune in, y'all. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve.
I gave that one everything I had. I don't think I've ever coughed at a U, and that's for a reason. Because we have with us today none other. Do I call you Lawrence Norton? I call you Laurie because I love you. But we have with us Laurie Norton. Unless I'm in trouble and then you can call me Lawrence. Oh, Lawrence, listen here, mate. <laughs> Brother Laurie, it is such a treat to have you here today. For those tuning in to Laurie for the first time, there is no real label that will encompass the infinite being that is Laurie. Uh, for those that do know him, though, they know him as a bloke that's driving around the country at 40 k's an hour in a double-decker bus from another century. It's not from another century, but it's from another decade for sure. And he's doing this, raising funds for Eli's gift for kids that need support. So he's quite a remarkable individual because he had a lot going on for him in Melbourne, especially I'm a bit biased. I'm one of his best friends. So I felt like there was a lot going on for him back home and he decided to pass up on everything that was happening for him at home and decided to go traveling around the country at 40 Ks an hour. Um, I want to find out more about that meditation <laughs> and, um, and just, yeah. And he's uh, the, the, the bus um, is called twice as nice cafe and gallery. Um, tell us a little bit about the cafe and the gallery. Tell us a little bit about where this all started, where I've asked you two questions at once. Tell us about where it started, brother. So 12 years ago, when I was driving through a paddock at work, I was working on the high voltage power lines. I was driving through a paddock, seen an old bus, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do a charity driving around Australia and that. And it was just one of them penny drop moments. Um, so I bought the bus, done a heap of work to it, and then it just wasn't the right time. So I parked it away on a farm, left it for five years, and went, I can't do this, it's too much. <laughs> And then um, what would it be like almost three or four years ago now, I started dropping deeper into meditation mm. and doing a lot of work around that. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting on a mountain up in the high country and got a very aha moment. And it's like, if I've got 10 different projects going in the world, I'm only ever going to have 10 projects, 10% complete because there's only 100% of me. Mm. So I got rid of 90% my projects put all my focus into one project which i knew was going to make me happy got my bus down from new south wales down to melbourne mm. took me 18 months to finish the fit out and paint it and everything while i was working full time i was up sundays until 2 a.m in the morning finished this bus and then um, once i got the bus done connected up with a hundred percent non-for-profit charity Sorry, the radios are just going in the background. You're good. And um, yeah, I sold my entire life apart from what I could take on the bus with me. And I set off around Australia for Eli's Gift, who's 100% money in, money out charity for families of sick children. Hmm. So, yeah. Where are you right now? <laughs> So right now I am sitting in a classroom in mm -hmm. a remote Aboriginal community mm -hmm. up in the Kimberleys. 
Sorry, and that's all you're um, going to tell us about it? Come on, man. <laughs> you're in the Kimberleys. <laughs> tell us um, more about it. So I had made it from Melbourne all the way up to Cairns, across to Corumba, down through Alice Springs to Adelaide and then come across Adelaide. And while I was coming across the Nullarbor, I got to the supermarket at the other site on the WA side of the Nullarbor, mm. found out that the world had no toilet paper. <laughs> and, um, thought everyone was joking and they were telling me about this coronavirus. And mm. I made it as far around as um, Margaret River when I got locked down for coronavirus mm-hmm. and then. Oh, so you did get locked down like, at some point. Yeah. I got locked down in um, Western Australia for, I think it was about two months. You weren't allowed out of your area's boundaries. They locked mm-hmm. it up all interstate to regional areas. Mm-hmm. And um, when the restrictions eased, I had a friend that was up in the Kimberleys working in the school and she said that they needed a bus driver. So you were, already, you were already driving the bus. <laughs> I was like, why, why all this corona is happening? I can't keep opening my doors and letting people into my home. Mm. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So driving a bus up in the Kimberleys is a pretty good option for me. So, yeah, I'm now sitting in the classroom in the Kimberleys um, for another four and a half weeks, and then I'm back on the road again. I'm excited to hear where you're going next. One of my favorite calls to make throughout the week is to tune in with Laurie and see where he is and what he's up to and where he's headed. Um, I, I have to just remark at this juncture, just the whole world went into isolation, <laughs> right? And everybody got like bootstrapped to their house basically. And by some grace of God or some infinite wisdom from the universe that you felt the call to, you were driving around the country, so you were still isolated to your house, but your house had wheels. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it was isolated into a region, but um, I was lucky enough that building the bus myself, I put out a call to the tiny house community and pretty much said, hey, who's building a tiny house that's got land, power, water, because mm. I need somewhere to go and drop in. So I just dropped into a farm in Perth for a few months and then this position opened up up here. So it took me three weeks to drive from Perth all the way up to the Kimberleys um, to get to work. Mm. Brother, tell us about building yeah. building the bus and starting the project. Let's let's go into that a little bit because I really value what you said. If I give 100% of myself, I've got 100% of myself, and if I give 10% to 10 things, then I'm only going to get you know 10% out of those 10 things. But uh, giving myself entirely to one thing, I, I love that because focus is like an acronym, right? So follow one course until successful. And just you know, taking on that initiative is huge. But what was the, why this particular project, just the drop-in and you felt called that this was going to be the one when you had your drop-ins? Um, and then if so, then were there points along the build? Because an 18-month build is, is a bit of a journey. You said it was like years before that as well. Was there points along this journey where you were like, nah? Well, three years. Um, so when I got the bus, I just started pulling it all to pieces, not knowing what I was even doing, like, I had a vague idea in my mind. It's like um, if the lights are on outside, you've got no windows in a room and someone just cracks the little door for a moment and then shuts the door again. And you're like, hang on, I think I've just seen the light. Um, it was the first three years and I was 
just heading towards this point, mm. but I had no idea what was on the other side. I didn't know what it looked like. I just knew that I had to do it. It was one of them callings. Um, and then, yeah, life got in the way. I actually started um, working all over the countryside and doing a lot of travel on the power lines anyway. So that sort of pulled me away from where the bus was. Mm. So I think it was five or six years the bus just sat there and it actually went backwards from where I'd gotten it to. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it was I went and sat up on a mountain in the high country for a few days with no food and no water and dropped in and done a big meditation up there and then that's when it dawned on me about the... into 10 different projects, you've got 10 projects, 10% complete. But the one thing I sat there and I was like, what is it that's going to make me happy out of all my projects? And it was to their service. So, Mm. um, yeah, it's like, I don't know, I can't explain it. Like the more I give, the more I receive. So to actually go out and give to a community and give to people that you've never met before Mm. um, really dropped in with me even more and more and more. And that's what made me happy to be live a life of service. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. For those tuning in, you guys might already know my second value is contribution. And yeah, this is <laughs> Laurie and I are super connected. So yeah, I totally resonate with what you're with what you're sharing in there, bro. Like service is a whole way of life. But I have to admit, just watching you roll your sleeves up, and I think even the way you're describing it potentially at the risk of sounding rude doesn't do it justice. Like 18 months toiling on a I don't want to say decrepit bus, but like an aged bus from, is it the fifties brother? 1949. There we go. Right. And then you've toiled to restore it and you've not just restored it. It actually is a, can I use the word pimped out? I'm going to use the word pimped out. It's actually very pimped out inside. It's really lush in there. Like you've really put your skills to good use and um, you go in there and it's really homely. It's a beautiful vibe. The second story is all dedicated to, to you and your living space. Downstairs is a cafe gallery sort of vibe going on. 
Um, yeah, man, I think a lot, like a lot of labor went into 18 months to, yeah, just even to consider that being like setting yourself up for service, you know, like I think, um, it, it's quite convenient to sort of be like, you know what, there's an opportunity to serve or an opportunity to, you know, like COVID happened. And I'm not saying that this wasn't a good service. Uh, all services is, is amazing. Um, but you know, like something hits the community and it's like, yep, I can go out and help at the soup drive. I can help it. You know, I've got spare blankets. I can hand out blankets and stuff like that. These conversations are always available, but to actually spend 18 months gearing yourself up to actually go and yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's some sort of the premeditation, the amount of energy and intention that went into that is quite remarkable. Yeah. There was a, um, a funny little moment before I left, and I'm not sure if I shared it with you, um, guys. Amrit come out and was the last person I seen in Melbourne before I took off. Um, when I seen you, the bus wasn't even registered. So I had an unregistered vehicle permit and I was leaving on my charity drive um, because of the bus's height, I couldn't get it registered. And it wasn't until I got to Bendigo that I finally got it booked in and got it all registered and up to spec. So when I left Melbourne, I actually had gotten myself to the point where the bus was three quarters finished. Mm-hmm. It's still got its original engine in it. Um, which at the time had a leaking head gasket. And I was just like, no, 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 no. I got to go. This is, <laughs> I've got to hit the road. Yeah. So I got to Bendigo, got it registered for the first time, had $0 in the bank account, and I left on a charity drive around Australia with a blown head gasket. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, then I got up to Finlay, it turned out, my mum's boss turned around and he does mechanical work. So Marshall Ag Repairs said to me, get the bus in here, get the heads off. So I've done all that. Um, but the whole way around, I was living on purely, so $5 donation would go into Eli's gift. And the mm-hmm. only money that was taken out of that was milk and coffee. Mm-hmm. And then I had a separate donation box just to, for people to put food and fuel money in if they want to keep the wheels on the bus going round and round (laughs) yeah and then um when by the time i got around to adelaide i was six and a half thousand dollars in debt on my credit card because i hadn't been making enough money to keep fuel in the bus and keep food up so i'd just been putting everything on my credit card just trusting and i'm like for whatever reason this is going to work And then when I hit Adelaide, I was out in um, Port Broughton, just north of Adelaide with a blown water pump, blown radiator. The water pump and the radiator and everything's out on the bus and I'm sitting in this caravan park and I looked at the bus and I'm like, come on, something's got to give or I'm going home. Mm. And it was that point where I had a coffee cup, a paper coffee cup, that I sat down onto a piece of paper and it was leaking, left a ring on the paper and I started painting with coffee and someone walked in and bought it and I've been painting with coffee ever since, which has since now brought me back to square one. When COVID hit, I had actually pulled back that six and a half grand 
worth of debt off my credit card from simply painting with my waste um, product from doing the charity drive. I love the, um, so, the whole life cycle economy thing that's going on in there too. Yeah, yeah. So what there's the, been a lot of things going on along the trip. Yeah, I want to know some of these stories. What are, just before you dive into some of these stories, I want to pick up on the mind trip <laughs> of you set out with a cafe and gallery. You took the barista course. You knew how to make coffee. And there was obviously the photography skills you had. And so the gallery, yeah, I get that piece of it. But do you reckon the bus was kind of holding space for you a little bit to come into like art because it's like a gallery? Like what a trip that is, bro. Yep. Totally. And the bus's name is Corazon. Was it John that gave the name? Oh, sorry. Please, you continue. <laughs> Yeah, John, John was the one that helped me name it. Actually, you were there too. So I remember standing at the kitchen bench just absolutely wetting myself laughing about the fact that I just named the bus. Yeah, I think it was uh, John's bucks, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. You were going to say something? Um, I've forgotten now. Okay, cool. We'll come it's back gone. to it. One of the questions before uh, you started sharing some of the stories that happened on the trip, because I can't wait to get there, is um, how did you pick Eli's gift as a charity, man? Like you could have had the pick of any litter of charities and, you know, it's quite the thing that you're doing, run around the country with a bus with obviously, you know, Eli's gift. So amazing opportunity for, um, at the risk of sounding gross, like sponsorships and people to support you kind of doing that thing. Um, you chose Eli's gift. Why? Um. Originally, I was always going to do the, the bus journey for families with sick children. Mm. Um, my belief is children are the seeds of our future. So it's like if you can take a seed and put it into a healthy ground and a healthy environment, then when that tree grows older, it will then be able to produce more seeds to help grow a, an environment around it as well. Um, so my dedication was always to supporting families with sick children. Unfortunately, the original charity that I was gonna be doing it for, um, they wouldn't even post it to social media or anything what I was gonna do for them. So to be brutally honest, I had a little breakdown um, mm. and I was about to give it all away and when I hopped in the car and I was just driving away from the bus and I'm like, that's it. If they're not going to even share it or let me. Um, share about them, it. helping them. Yeah. You could have made yeah. yeah. They, they didn't want anything to do with it. Um, hmm. So. Which isn't the right energetic. I was driving, yeah. I was driving out of the property where I was doing the bus up. And I pulled up and was talking with Marianne Quinn, who um, sat me down at the kitchen bench and I was telling her what had happened. And I'm like, so what do I do? And she's like, well, my son went to school with a guy who had a child who passed away from a respiratory disease. And they realized that 100% um, of their corporate money wasn't actually going to the big, um, that was going to the big charities wasn't making it out to the families that needed it. 
So they actually started up Eli's gift to make sure 100% of their money was actually going out rather than getting gobbled up in corporation costs. So it was just by pure coincidence, um, when I needed somewhere to leave the bus to do it up down in Melbourne, I went door knocking. Mm. And the second door I knocked on was a lady from my hometown four hours north of Melbourne. <laughs> so, and she was in turn the one that connected me to Eli's gift. So there was all of these little strains and little mm. ties that pulled in along the way. Um, Tell so, us yeah. Tell us a little, thank you so much for sharing that, brother. Tell us a little bit more about, yeah, some of these stories. Like when I'm listening to your stories, it's it's more than remarkable. It's, yeah, I feel like, you know, you're away and sometimes it's like, you know what, I should give him a buzz, he's out on the road. But I actually, if I'm honest with you, calling you um, is not really me connecting you back home. I sometimes feel like the chats I get to have with you really connect me to what's natural and what's grounded. Um, it's actually connecting me to what's back home. Um, there's some really beautiful stories of, yeah, just the synchronicities, you know, that you have been appearing on your path. Um, are there any stories that you want to share from your journey that you'd, yeah, you felt compelled to share with us? Um, one beautiful story was when I was coming up to Sydney, mm. I got a phone call about where I was going to be parking in Sydney from the city council and um, it just so happened that one of the guys from the council absolutely loved what I was doing and got me into park on the Sydney Harbour Bridge for two days while Vivid Light Show and the Rock City Market was on. Nice! It was an absolutely phenomenal little journey. Um, some of the people along the road that I've been meeting in one spot and then meeting later on um, and just connecting with constantly as we move around the country. So there are um, people that are going around the country for their own causes that you're meeting in other places? Or um, yeah, I've met a few travelers. other people doing charity drives and just families that have had enough of the whole corporate um, society and everything so they've just sold everything packed their family and kids into a car and they've just gone off and they're traveling around Australia as well um, I just had a thought about one and I've lost it again um, I'll come back to it but yeah um, there's been so many amazing things my hair I used to have a shaved head before I left. <laughs> um, and now you I look like a pineapple. <laughs> now I, got a pineapple. <laughs> I hit my head on the roof of the bus. Um, and one of my things is growth and discomfort. So <laughs> whatever makes you feel uncomfortable in your life, yeah. it's like someone says, hey, can you do this? And you're like, you want to say yes, but it makes you feel uncomfortable and you're like, no, nah, bail out, bail out. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> um, I hit my head on the roof of the bus because I'm actually too tall. The bus roof comes up to about here on me. So I spend my whole time sort of punched over in the bus. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I hit my head on the roof of the bus and I had this lady's coffee, hit my head, nearly knocked myself out, <laughs> sat a coffee on the bench, ended up on my bum on the floor. And this lady looked at me and she's like, you've got to grow cat's whiskers. <laughs> and I'm like, sitting there watching the stars going around my head. And there's this and his lady. lady. <laughs> telling me to grow cat's whiskers and I'm like what and she goes cats know where they are by their whiskers and she's like when a cat walks past something and it brushes its whiskers it knows that it's going to run into something with its body it can't fit through an area or whether it can fit through she's yeah. like if you grow your hair long, you'll know where the roof is yeah and you won't head us often so growth and discomfort I was like I really hate growing my hair long because I had a shaved head all the time and I'm like, all right. So I grew my hair long because of this lady and then everyone was saying, oh, you really need to get a haircut. You should get a haircut. Get a haircut, get a haircut, get a haircut. In turn, it actually made me feel even more uncomfortable <laughs> with all of these people now commenting on me as a person because of the way I looked and I'm like, hang on. This is me. This is me growing. <laughs> These are my whiskers. Uncomfortable about. But I'm like, I have to grow it even longer now because everyone keeps telling me that I got to get a cut and I'm feeling uncomfortable. So yeah, um, growth in discomfort was definitely one of my biggest lessons that I've learned along the trip. And have the whiskers um, been working? I can I ask? Yes. And then I've got all this extra. <laughs> And when I do hit myself in the head, I'm just like, oh, you're good to go. That's my head. <laughs> it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> I love it. Um, and that's that's why I'm still driving at 45k an hour. Growth in discomfort. Yeah. And it gave yeah. me a lot of time to sit there and learn the harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah is quite remarkable for those tuning in. Like just process that thought for a second. Laurie's gone from Melbourne to Sydney, up to Cairns. Darwin's came straight back down through the middle, come down to Adelaide, gone back around through Perth, all the way up to the Kimberleys. He's almost done like a, an infinity symbol through Australia, basically. It's probably part of his intention. Yeah. He's smiling. <laughs> and yeah. at, for all of that at 45, 5Ks an hour in a bus from the 40s. So 17,000 kilometers at 45 45 k's an hour. Yeah. Wow. It's been a meditation. Yeah. Some part of me wants to, sorry, part of me, I'd never really do this on uh, 17,000 kilometers at 45 k's an hour. Wow. That's 377 hours of driving. Let's divide that by 24. Nah, my math is wrong. It's certainly wrong. But yeah, <laughs> nonetheless, it's a long time to be. It's a long time. time. So one of the questions that emerges to me is, brother, tell us a bit about your perspective on Australia now from having taken it at 45 Ks an hour and driven in such places. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's definitely big. I think I've been tuning into it a lot lately and I think going so fast, like doing a hundred K an hour in a car mm. 
it almost feels to me like there's a part of you that gets pulled away from the experience. Um, and doing it at 45K an hour, you definitely get to experience every bit of the land. You get, I was driving along one day mm. and I run my dad up all excited because I got to watch a cow eat four mouthfuls of grass. <laughs> As you drove past it. <laughs> As I drove past it. And I lived on a dairy farm for like 14, 15 years of my life. And I don't think I can ever remember a time where I watched a cow eat grass. Wow. Um, I taught myself the harmonica while I was driving along, just sitting there breathing with the harmonica. Um, I got a little travel didgeridoo that's a box about yay big mm. and let the didgeridoo while I was driving along. And I started learning to do tonal singing, like singing with overtones while I was just humming along with the, the engine and the bus. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. So mm-hmm. I was humming along with the engine and the bus. Um, and yeah, it's, as I said, a whole meditation. And some days I'd just sit there and I'd be like, I'm going to count trees. Mm. And I'd count every tree as so I'd go across the desert. Um, because there was just nothing out there. It was, mm. was amazing. And so what I'm hearing is just the, the time and space to come back to simpler things um, and just yeah. how much creativity is available. And, you know, this is one of the things that you know, I reflect on a lot is in today's world, it's almost like we don't allow ourselves to get bored, especially with our devices and stuff. Like it's just like boredom is like taboo, right? Like how, how could you be bored? Like I'm waiting in a line. Let me check my Facebook or let me check my Insta, you know, it's like, and so from that place, it's like, we don't really embrace boredom, but you know, boredom is such a bedrock, like a hot space for creativity. And that's kind of what I'm hearing in this. Hey. Yeah. There was some long stretches, like just to go across the Nullarbor, it took me a week of driving. Wow. Um, and you don't see anyone across there. So in the ways of isolations, it's like um, sometimes you're out in the middle of nowhere and you go outside, you can't hear a car, you can't see a light, you can't see anything. It's so, so nice. Um, and it makes you appreciate people even more when you actually see them on the other side. Because quite often I'd be driving all night and I would park, people would pull over and camp for the night and I would pass them during the night time. And then the next day, the same people would overtake you again and wave. And then that night I'd pull, they'd pull in and I'd keep driving and overtake them during the night. So when I get to the other side of a long drive like that, the people that I'd met would be like, oh my God, we've seen you on the road and passed you here. (laughs) Um, so when you actually got to see people again, mm. you just appreciate everyone that you actually got to talk to. Mm. 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 And how are people out on the road? Like, I think there's this sort of impression that when you're out on the road, it's probably a bit gnarly or not super friendly. Um, yeah, Australia's got some interesting <laughs> stories um, of people being out in the bush and getting kidnapped and stuff like that. How's Touchwood? How's your experience out there been of people? Um, so my journey on the road, I've met 
nothing but nice people. Like everyone sees a 70 year old double decker bus and they're like, oh my God, we've got to go over and say hello. <laughs> There was only one night where I felt really, really uncomfortable. I was parked out in the middle of nowhere, had driven down this little track off the side of the road, parked right out in the bush where no one could see me. And I was like, oh, I'm just done for the night and going to bed. And I heard, had all the windows upstairs open and I heard two car doors. Mm. And I woke up and I was just like... I'm out in the middle of nowhere and mm. there's car doors open. And I could see the interior light dim down and go off. Mm. So I called out the window. I'm like, hello. I never heard anything back. And I'm like, oh, no. Jeez. <laughs> so I turned every light on in the bus. I went downstairs, opened up both of my doors stuck all of my hair up on end. So I had this big afro <laughs> and I sat there rocking up the chair and I'm like, come in, I've got the kettle on. <laughs> <laughs> and they never come. And I'm like, I guess you don't like tea then. And I turned all the lights off and shut the doors. And then I waited like five minutes and I seen the car light come on, heard the car doors shut, the lights on the car come on and the car drove off again. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what was going on then because I was so far off the side of the road that yeah. no one should have been there. And I'm like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. I like how your go-to was to play the crazy card and get on the rocking chair and fluff your hair up and be like. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like when you're, when you're out in a space like that, people are like, oh, you never know who's out there. And I'm like, oh, you don't. Mm. Like you don't know who's out there, but they don't know who's in here. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. So all that you got to do is like, Flip that switch and out crazing them and sitting there <laughs> and looking in the bus going, why is he inviting us inside? Mm. Um, so other than that, that mm. one experience that I had, um, people have been amazing. <laughs> totally amazing. Tell me about um, the people. Is that, oh, sorry, go on. So quite often people would um, see you and they'd be like, oh, come over for dinner or you'd wheel in somewhere and it was like just on dark and you'd get out of the bus and be checking over everything for the next um, day driving and making sure nothing had broken or nothing was leaking. And people would just walk over and they'd go, we've been following you on Facebook, come over for dinner. Mm. Um, yeah. I even had a dentist one day. Um, got me to park in his car park to do my coffees for Eli's gift out of his car park at the dentist. Mm. And when I was finished, like, come in, we'll do a full clean for you. He <laughs> the filling. And I'm like, what the hell? And he's <laughs> like, you come. when are you going to go to the dentist next? And I'm like, F <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. I've been to towns where I've been running out of milk and people have come in and they're like, oh, are you still doing coffee? And I'm like, <clears throat> I am, but I'm just about out of milk. And they're like, oh, we'll be back. 
and they've driven off and next minute walked in with another crate of milk and they're like, keep doing coffees. We'll have a latte, thanks. <laughs> oh, that's so, so yeah, amazing. People are absolutely amazing, bro. I love that. And that was going to be my next question, which you, I think you already kind of answered, but I'm going to ask it anyway in case there's something else in there. Um, yeah, like uh, people have been amazing. Um, what, is, what have been some of the, the key highlights of your trip thus far? Um, I met four other people that have got double-decker buses. <laughs> the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that drop-in that drop so, in meditation was like a collective kind of drop-in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got this beautiful brother, Amrit, <laughs> who gave me this little saying, and it's, be, do, have. Um, be what you want to see in the world, do nice things for other people and you'll have everything you need to do it. Mm. Well, I have had four more people walk into my bus and go, oh my God, I've got one of these buses. What are you doing? And I've told them the story of everything that I'm doing with it. And they're like, if you want to do this again, I'll give you another bus. Um, so... Definitely one of the highlights. Give is you another fun. bus. Just gift you another relic. Yeah. Wow. They're, um, they're pretty, pretty well run down like mine was when I first started. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, to be given four more buses, bridged into an idea of possibly when I get home, setting this bus up as a land-based cafe and gallery. Uh-huh. And then I'm creating maybe a community garden space or something around it mm. and having the garden space provide the food for the cafe and get like a little community sort of thing going. I love that. I'm yet to see what that looks like. It's a thought that's been put out there to the universe. Yep. Um, and if I can create something like that, then I would very seriously look at getting the next bus in and doing it up as like a men's shed project or something like that. Mm. Finding another 100% non-for-profit charity and sort of pushing the cafe and gallery that I've already created away so it runs as its own little bubble mm-hmm. and then bringing the next bus in to repeat everything that I've already done again Mm. and go out and start another cafe for another charity, start another cafe for another charity and another one, and then have them all sort of interlinked so that you can go into any cafe and donate to any other cafe, wherever you want your money to be going, like whatever sector for it to Mm. be going into. But so, I think how that looks at the moment is just a thought out mm. to the universe. And I don't know what it looks like or how well, it can even be created. The last time you had a thought from the universe on a hill, mate, you <laughs> strapped yourself into going around the country at 45 k's an hour and you've done about yeah, 2,000 yeah. k's doing that. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely staying tuned <laughs> for what's next. Hey, that, that brings Bro, me... Everything- everything's created twice in the world first in thought second in action so if you can think it emotion behind it (laughs) you can make it happen (laughs) that's awesome and so tell me a little bit about um the actual like when are you like is there an intention of eventually coming home like this is just one brother asking another are you ever going to come back to melbourne or are you just going to stay out on the road what's going on (laughs) 
She's just, do you like how oh. I like I pinned you in the podcast <laughs> to actually get a real answer from you? Because <laughs> I know on the phone you're like, yeah. <laughs> so my original intention was when I got up to where I am now, I was going to go across and up to Darwin and come back down through Alice Springs on my way back to Melbourne. Do the Great Ocean Road. Um, yeah, do the Great Ocean Road back. Mm. But with COVID... I have sort of come up to where I am now and I'm just sort of sitting on the edge waiting to see what's happening in the world. Mm. Um, but I think at the moment I'll go back down the West Coast mm. because it's at, at the moment we're getting like 46 degrees up here during the day mm. and it's 35 degrees at night. Wow. Even the water that comes from the taps here, it's 30 degrees coming out of a cold water tap. Mm. So going from here further north and then coming down through the middle, it puts me to only nighttime driving mm. um, and trying to find a shady tree to park a double-decker bus under during the day is not the easiest thing halfway across the middle of Australia. Mm. So I think I'll head back towards the coast um, near Broome and then go back down the east coast, uh, the west coast, sorry to Perth mm -hmm. and then maybe look at the Nullarbor back across and then, yeah, from there I should be heading home. Do you see how he still didn't give us a time there? I'm watching you, mate. I'm watching you like a hawk. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can I give you a time when I don't know? Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I just thought maybe asking it's you. like... <laughs> The whole, the whole way around Australia, people are like, so where are you going next and when are you going to be there? And I'm like, that way. <laughs> and they're like, when are you going to be there? And I'm like, I don't know, I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> um, I have no intentions. If you had have asked me in January this year, um, when are you going to be back in Melbourne? I would have been like, oh, maybe February, March, I'll be back in Melbourne or around Christmas, I would have been back in Melbourne. But... Who would have known that COVID was going to hit and stop the world? Mm. So I think trying to plan that far ahead all the time and people trying to think so far ahead to look to the future too much is anxiety. Looking into the past is depression. So just mm. be now. So, so I was going to ask, are those like, I was going to ask you, what are some of the lessons you'll be bringing home when you're no longer on the road? Um, and is, is like being present one of them? I imagine it is. Don't let me put words in, in your mouth. Um, lessons that I bring home. I don't even know. Some days I don't know where to start. I do have a beautiful little book in the bus mm. and every person I meet along the way um, that stops and sits in the bus and has a good chat, I ask them to write down their most valuable lesson in life. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got a little book full of lessons that people have written down. Mm -hmm. um, from all over the country. From all over the country, from all over the world, actually. People from different countries have been writing in there that have also been out traveling. Mm. Um, but whatever I do when I get home, it's I'm all in a hundred percent. That's all I know is just a hundred percent in for a hundred percent turnout. 
Mm. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's such and a powerful thing. Whatever I'm doing, it's just like a lot of other things go on the back burner so that I can put 100% of myself into whatever I'm working on at that time. Yeah, I love that. And for those tuning in, obviously, I've got the the vantage of, you know, dropping in with Laurie every other every other week. And so <clears throat> one of the things is like when you go 100% in, it's almost like, you know, you hear the saying where people burn their boats. It's like you, you storm the island and you get to the beach and it's just so that you can't go back. You've only got to attack the island. You kind of burn your boats because now there's like nowhere left to go. And that's very much... I think the energy that you've brought to the bus, like there's been points I know in Adelaide, there was like no battery or something. And it was just like, I've got no battery. Like I actually don't know how to, how to leave here, but it's me and the bus. And I don't like, it's what's going to happen. I just don't know how. Um, and just the level of commitment um, and resourcefulness and resilience and yeah, just what shows up when you give yourself entirely to a project. I, um, I love what you said about burning the boats. <laughs> when, when I left Melbourne, mm. I, um, I sold everything so that I had nothing to come back to. Mm. So at the start of the trip, I was like, it's like casting the boat off a pier for the first time, except mm. for rather than bringing your ropes with you, you throw them back onto the pier so then you've got nothing to tie yourself back up with. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way down to John bought my car and it was like, I think it was like six months or something before I was going to leave. And my friends were like, how are you going to get to work? And I'm like, I don't know. And one of my mates around and he's like, bro, here's a car, drive it to work every day. You've got to keep going. And I'm like, yeah, thanks man. (laughs) So I yeah, definitely going all in on something like that um, has worked for me massively. So mm. whatever I do when I get home, it'll be 100% in on. So awesome. I've got a few different options um, when I get home on where I can go and what I can do. Mm. Um, but one of them is definitely, definitely continuing the bus as a cafe. Mm. Um, where that's going to happen, I don't know. Mm. But like throw the idea out to the universe, keep putting the energy in um, mm. and the whole speak what you seek until you see what you said. Mm. It's like if I keep talking about this cafe when I get home, then everyone's going to be like, but weren't you going to build a cafe when you get home? So therefore I can then use everyone and podcasts like this. Mm like to hold me accountable for what I want to see in the world. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So you didn't burn all your boats. You actually picked up a UFO (laughs) to go on the journey with you though. (laughs) (laughs) Now you got two of them. (laughs) And one of them is my favorite scale. What's that? I said one of them is my favorite scale ever, but for those tuning in, they probably don't know what the UFOs are. Do so you want to tell us a little bit about these UFOs, bro? Um, so I was sitting in a 50-man American Indian teepee one weekend doing a meditation, and I seen this Indian guy <laughs> in an American Indian teepee playing a UFO that sounded like the most amazing thing that I've ever heard in the world. Uh, 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 and afterwards, uh, uh, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. 
Hey, bro, what's that? And he's like, it's a handpan. So Amrit lent me my first handpan so that I could get the feel for it and see if I liked it. And I ended up buying a handpan off Amrit. <laughs> and since then have got a second handpan. And that, by the way, brother, is the first musical instrument that I've honestly picked mm. up and put all of my focus into. Yep. Um, since then, I've branched out into the world of music. Mm-hmm. So I've got now two handpans, three didgeridoos, mm. um, my little harmonica, and I started learning to do overtone singing, which is an amazing meditation. Um, if you ever feel like you need something else to get into. Mm. Um, so yeah, my criteria for being allowed on the bus now is musical instruments, spiritual practice, Mm. and things that can help sustain the bus with food and fuel. Mm. This is um, people, by the way. He's not being mental uh, to people. These are the things that he's allowing on the bus for him to take on the journey with him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So quite often people are like, oh, do you want this? And I'm like, sorry, I, I can't. And they're like, oh, but why not? And I'm like, because I don't know what I'm, I can throw out to bring it on the bus. Mm. So it's like one thing in, one thing out. I had to really take the minimalist way um, of living. Yeah. I only have T-shirts with the Twice as Nice Gallery Cafe logo on it. Mm. Um, so I wake up in the morning and I don't even have to think about what clothes I'm going to put on. It's like a twice as nice shirt or a twice as nice shirt. <laughs> the only difference is I've got two T-shirts. Two so um, each, each shirt yeah, is, is twice fully... as nice as the other one though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I've got a few more shirts than that, but it's really nice um, <laughs> taking away all of these things that you have to think about in the morning. It's like I just get out of bed and I've got – Shorts and a t-shirt. It's like, or shorts and the same t-shirt. Mm. So the simplicity of decision yeah. making is is amazing. Yeah, like I'm obsessed with my Inspired Evolution Definitely. t-shirts as well, and it just just keeps things so much easier. <laughs> it's just yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, I I totally yeah. resonate with you. Resonate, huh? Great word. Um, resonate with you on the on the handpan journey as well, brother. Like it's such a it's such a gift of an instrument. Like it was the first instrument that sort of walked into my home. I remember when I first got them um, and it, like, it'd be sitting there and every other instrument, like I'd sort of look at it. There's like a guitar here and I'd sort of be like, you know what? I should practice, but anyway, you know, something else will come up and I should, and I should, and I never got around to it. The handpan was the first hand instrument that sort of landed in my home. And I was looking at it and I was like, Oh, I shouldn't. Like I shouldn't. And it was like, now that I will. And I'll just like spend 10 minutes and like an hour later, I'm like still playing away. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, I got things to do with my day. Like this thing is like a vortex, but um, yeah, they're amazing instruments to bring you into music. And since then I've gone on the journey of learning the guitar and things, but yeah, man, handpans are amazing medicine. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Have so, you tried the overtone singing with voice? No, not yet. Not yet. I've got a, I'll explore. Get in, get <laughs> I'm, inspired. Right. I'm inspired on this conversation. <laughs> That's good because when you're driving along or you're simply doing something, you can yep. like just drop into it. You don't need to carry the instrument because it's already here. With you. 
Yeah. yeah. I practice in the shower, but I'm not sure if I'm, I'm doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a drop-in for another day. All right, cool. <laughs> so talking about um, one of the things that I'm conscious, those that are tuning in are like, yep, this is all well and good for Laurie. Like he's gone out and he's had this amazing experience. He had the resilience. He had the skills to build a bus. Um, he's had these amazing interactions with all these people. Laurie is a bit of a unicorn. And I know I sent you on the road with a unicorn, um, but legitimately people may be feeling that listening into you. Uh, five years ago, brother, uh, would have this, would like, was this part of your energetic like makeup? Like, would you be the guy that was doing this? Bring us a bit of, shed a bit of light in terms of, you know, but for, I guess my intention in this question is actually just to remind people that you're not just off with the fairies, that this is, you're actually doing this behind a cause and that you were just like one of us back in the day working the corporate nine to five doing your thing. So five years ago, I had started, five years ago, I was coming out the back of starting my own power line maintenance company um, with my ex-partner and her father. Um, I was put in debt over $230,000, which I was trying to pull back. Mm. Um, I was working a nine to five job on the power lines every day, doing as much overtime as I could. I was getting blind, rotten, drunk every Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday sessions, and had no idea what it was that was making me happy in life. Mm. So it's amazing when you knuckle in, man, how far you can actually come. Like mine started with meditation and then learning to listen to my mind and listen to the things that were making me feel good, weren't making me feel good. It's like if I went out and got drunk at one night, the next morning I'd get a hangover and all of a sudden I was like, why do I keep touching the electric fence if I know it's going to shock me? Mm. So I stopped and I stopped this. And then I worked out all of the things in my life that weren't making me happy. Mm. And I'm like, why am I putting my energy into this? Why am I putting <laughs> my energy in that doesn't make me happy? Yeah. So I just started pulling all of these things that didn't make me happy and started pulling all of that energy and all of myself back to mm. me. Um, and then I was like, all right, what does make me happy? Old cars makes me happy. Mm. I'm like, I love to find a good coffee shop. Mm. So I went, old cars, my bus makes me happy. Coffee makes me happy. Before I even left on this trip, I had never even worked in a coffee shop. Mm. So it was December before I left, I think it was. I had a friend... Maddie from Chocolatel, mm. she sat there and we had this conversation of like, oh my God, you're going to do a charity drive around Australia and you've never even made a cup of coffee before. Mm. So she, she actually pulled me to her cafe and gave me a one-on-one -on -one lesson how to make coffee, sent me off for a barista course, which um, was a half-day course or something. And then my first day actually working in a coffee shop was at Australia's first tiny house festival on the launch of my bus. And I had 5,000 people come through the door. And I remember standing there 
I'm like looking at someone going, can I let you in on a little secret? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, what's that? And I'm like, this is the first time I've ever opened or worked in a coffee shop, let alone done it alone. <laughs> people line up out the door. So that growth in discomfort is a massive thing. Um, working out the things that don't hurt you, like touching the electric fence, but definitely push you out of your comfort zone was a massive learning point for me. Mm. Um, and also pulling in all the pieces of yourself that's out there doing things that aren't making you happy. It's like, why do you keep doing it? Yeah. Um, you know, I still keep telling that to myself every day, like when I get asked to do things and I'm like, does it make me unhappy to do it? Like, so do I not want to do it or is it going to make me uncomfortable to do it? Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's a difference between the discomfort and the pain. Mm -hmm. So if you really don't want to do it because you hate doing it, it's going to cause you like pain and anxiety. But if you don't want to do it because it's just going to be uncomfortable to do it, like they're the things that I try and push a little bit into um, in saying that I also still don't try and put too much on my plate because 10 projects with 10% of your energy is only 10% of 10 projects finished. Yeah, what I'm hearing you share, brother, is A, like learning to, to focus and then from there, you know, understanding like we're, like taking on some courage as well. It's like, you know, because it's like, okay, this is my fear okay, this is not going to crush me if I move towards it, but I'm happy to move towards it um, yeah. versus actually this is not for me and this is actually just not serving me. I'm not even afraid of this. It's just like my demons or something, you know, it's just like, yeah, these are just yeah. Uh, serve me. Yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that. Wow, man. Uh, this, <laughs> this is a, it is such a treat, <laughs> a pleasure to drop in, bro. I, yeah, for those that don't know, yeah, like absolutely adore Laurie. Um, yeah, he was there at a, we didn't really call before my wedding a Bucks. We called it a Lions gathering. <laughs> but um, yeah, he made it all the way from, um, I think you were in Adelaide at the time. And that was the, I think if I know correctly, that's the only time um, you left your heart, yeah. your quarter song to come and be yeah with your with your Melbourne tribe and family and man it meant so much it really did it meant so much just to have your blessings there and um and just yeah just you know who you are and and the way you're walking in life brother like it's you know like you just shared you know five years ago you're in a very different space and um I think a lot of us are doing work on ourselves and we're you know trying to be the best versions of ourselves not just for ourselves but for our community um you know and our family and our brothers our sisters you know the people that we care about so much and um and i think it'd just be rude of me to have you on and not reflect back to you just the blessings of you know you may be out there and feel like you know we don't think of you but mate <laughs> i call you enough for you to know that i haven't forgotten you but you know what i mean like it but it's, it's not just me, you know, like there's so many of us here and just the, yeah, like I, like we've spoken about this on the phone before, like it definitely does get lonely out there, but you know, like you're not alone in our thoughts, you know, like we're often thinking of you and just the, the shining beacon of just, you know, service that, you know, you've, you've embodied um, and 
just the grace with which you've taken that on and rolled all your sleeves up and the courage that it's taken to do that. Like it, it really speaks volumes back home and it, it's meant a lot to a lot of us. I think this episode will definitely be called giving is receiving. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's definitely the medicine we receive back home from just you giving, giving and giving of so much of yourself out there, brother. So thank you so much. Thank you, brother. I, um, one little thing that if you remember this symbol that everyone sends out these emojis of the two arms in prayer. Um, bro, for all of the work that you're doing, I do believe that there's a photo somewhere of Amrit's hand and my hand like this. And my belief is that the prayer was never for yourself. The prayer was with community. Um, so, bro, thank you for all of the work you're doing. I will share with everyone that one of the ways that I got through my long journeys <laughs> was inspired evolution. And I could just keep listening over and over and over again as I was trying to hear them over the sound of this massive diesel engine <laughs> revving in my ear. Um, so, bro, for all of your service and everything that you're doing, thank you so, so much because it's my inspiration of brothers like you. Bro, you've been keeping me on the road. So <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, I love you so much, brother. Love you. Thank you for your blessings. For those tuning in, hey, like Eli's gift and Laurie's bus, um, you can reach out. You can actually donate online. I'll put links to that on the show notes. Keep the wheels on the bus turning round and round. Keep our brother coming back home because eventually I can't wait to hug him. So I'll, uh, I'll let you know how you can do that as well. Thank you so much for being yeah. here today, brother. Wishing you all the best. Thank you so much, bro. And for anyone listening or watching, um, you can look up Twice as Nice Gallery Cafe on Instagram and Facebook. Eli's Gift, I think, is under the Eli's Gift Foundation or under Eli's Gift on Facebook, Instagram, um, or the, I think it's eliesgift.org.au. Mm-hmm. Um, they can look I'll, put up the links. I'll put the links in the show notes for sure. Beautiful, bro. And uh, just, just I know I said goodbye, Rudy, but uh, there's always going to be like this because it's you. The, the you, you made a book. Yes, I made a book. Tell um, us about the book really quickly. I was over in Clare Valley, and I was sitting there over Christmas, New Year's, and I started painting a little book. Mm. Um. And it was a picture of a tree. Someone walked in and they're like, oh, you should draw a little girl under the tree on a swing or something like that. And it made me feel uncomfortable that someone had asked me to put something like that in a picture that I already loved. Mm. So growth and discomfort. I painted Mm. another picture exactly the same, put a little girl on a swing. And then someone's like, oh, my God, are you writing a book? And I'm like, no. And... Growth and discomfort. discomfort. (laughs) I kept painting this book. My sister, I've got two beautiful nieces back at home, Ella and Edie, so a big hello to them. Um, I kept painting and I painted a book out of my waist coffee called Claire and the Colored Tree. Mm. It's a conscious little book for my two nieces back home. Um, So, yeah, it's on eBay under Claire and the Colored Tree. So 
Yeah, I painted a book while I was out on the road too. Yo, <laughs> the abundance of creativity. Thank you so much, bro. I'll yeah. uh, see if I can add a link to that in the show notes too if people want to check it out. I'd want to just check it out for your creativity. I am a sucker for sepia tone colors. I don't know what it is about sepia tone colors. I just love brown and white together. Um, maybe that is why we're doing this episode. <laughs> Having said that, you've been up north. You're not so white anymore, bro. You're in like my skin color now. But um, yeah, it's yeah. all coffee grown, so it's all sepia. And it's, yeah, I'd, I can't wait to check it out. Nice one, bro. I'll send you a copy and I'll even paint a little picture for yourself to go with it. <laughs> Thank you for your blessings, bro. No worries, bro. Thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. If you're loving these episodes, make your way across to YouTube, click subscribe. Fresh episodes are launched every Monday with highlights being released throughout the week. Thank you so much. And hey guys, just so you know, a lot of love, heart, soul and work goes into these episodes. So if you could, please leave us a five-star review and comment on iTunes. I love reading your positive feedback. It fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love. Thank you so much for your wonderful feedback. I can't wait to see you again in the next episode. Big love from Amrit. And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 